Episode 28. If you're new to podcasts, there's a simple way to get our latest episodes delivered straight to your mobile device. For iOS, just click on the purple podcast icon. For Android, click on the play music icon. Then search for Telltale Fisherman, hit subscribe, and get ready to enjoy the most epic fishing adventures in the world. Welcome to the Telltale Fisherman Podcast, where avid employers share the story of their best fishing day ever to inspire yours. Now it's time for another epic adventure. So here's your host, John Woodson. All right, welcome to the show. Today's guest is Rachel Vickers. Rachel, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, John. The pleasure. Well, it's uh, my pleasure. Let's just start out finding a little bit about you and, you know, where you're from and and just kind of tell us how you got into fishing. You know, is it something you grew up with or did it come later in life for you? Well, um, I was born and raised in a small town called Perth, New York, mm-hmm. in upstate New York. We're right at the foothills of the Adirondack Mountains, okay, um, near the Great Sacandaga Lake or, or Reservoir, um, whichever you prefer to call it. And yes, I have been into fishing pretty much my entire life. Um, my father and both my mother and father were both avid outdoors people and anglers. Mm-hmm. And they they made it a point when I was young to take a lot of trips up into the Adirondack Mountains yeah. to fish the lakes up there. So I actually have been doing it since as long as I could hold a pole. So I went uh, to school in Syracuse for a couple of years and never quite made it up into the Adirondacks. I went and saw some of the other beautiful country up there, but always regretted not having that opportunity. That must have been pretty amazing uh, growing up and having all that there at your doorstep to enjoy and explore. Yes, I I consider myself very, very privileged because we were, like I said, we're right at the foothills and we have just an untapped amount in the Adirondack Mountains of fisheries that people, you know, you can find, you can fish. Yeah, I've been pretty lucky. And then when, you know, I did the Adirondacks and learned those fisheries, you know, I am a multi-species angler. That's what I consider myself as. Mm-hmm. When I when I did that and I felt to move on, um, I started traveling to fish, traveling to different fisheries around the state, out of state to learn different kinds of fisheries and to catch different kinds, to target different kinds of species. Mm-hmm. I started out as like a more bass, pike, pickerel, perch angler. And then um, I went to school. I actually went to school for fisheries and aquaculture. I also went to the New York State Forest Ranger School in Wanakina. Um, So I I always knew that I never wanted a normal office job. I could that was not me. I, I always knew that it had to be something outdoors, environmental. So that's where I started and continued and ended up getting my bachelor's and am now continuing on for my master's. Wow, that's great. And and so you've uh, stayed in New York then? I've lived in Florida twice for short periods during my junior year of high school. I lived in Hope Sound on A1A, which is right above Daytona Beach. And I lived in Jupiter, Florida. Yeah, know that too. Yep, yep. And I am actually planning a move as we speak. I am going to become an official snowbird now that I have my <laughs> yes. Now that I have my home paid off and my son's getting ready to go to college. Um, 
this girl who's had 39 years of tough Adirondack winters and has is, is decided to go to a warmer climate and switch from freshwater to saltwater and learn a whole different fishery. Well, I tell you what. So I told you I was up in New York for a little bit of time. My my blood thickened up there, but it's it's definitely thinned out now. It today was our first cool day we've had uh, in in Florida. It was uh, down in the 60s, and that's shorts weather for us up here. Uh, just yeah. to let you know. I was going to say most most of uh, the the listeners will probably uh, laugh at me for that, but boy, we were we were scrounging for jackets and sweatshirts and didn't know what to do. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> well, that'll be you in a couple of years. So just yep, wait, yep. just wait. Yep. And, and I couldn't have picked a better area to move to. Um, I've lived on the East Coast twice. So mm-hmm. this time I'm going to try the West Coast. There's a lot of opportunity down there. And I also, I mean, I am a field writer and expert for Angler Magazine and awesome. Coastal Angler. Oh, yep. okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love the uh, fishing reports in Coastal Angler. I'm always uh, scouring it for my next place to go uh, to go try. Yep. So I'm making the move from the upstate New York Adirondack Angler to the Coastal Angler down there in that area. Welcome to the Sunshine State, along with uh, many, many, many thousands of others who seem to be flocking here. <laughs> well, it is it is the fishing and charter cap- captain or capital of the world. Excuse yeah. me. Yes. Yeah. No. We we do enjoy our fishing here, no doubt. You will fit right in. Yes, I I believe I will. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. So so you told us a little bit about your. Uh, your fishing background growing up and yep. then your, you know, career that you, you love the outdoors and, and had a passion for it so much that, you know, you made that your career. But, yep. um, you know, we've communicated a little bit before and you told me that, uh, you had things, uh, kind of turn upside down for you a little bit when a little bit as an understatement, when you turned 30, can you just, uh, tell us a little bit about what happened? Sure. A week after my 30th birthday, after I graduated with my BA in fisheries and aquaculture from SUNY Cobleskill, I got to give them a plug because they're an unparalleled fisheries program. I found out that I had, now this is going to sound like a mouthful, but I'm going to try to put it out the best I can. Early onset, invasive, aggressive, stage three metastatic breast cancer. Wow. So I got the diagnosis a week after my 30th birthday. I was working with the Department of Environmental Conservation and water testing. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, my whole life had to be put on hold um, because obviously it was more of um, one of the serious types of cancer and me being so young and it being so aggressive that I pretty much had to just give up everything else and set everything else back away and focus on pretty much survival for a while. I went through a lot. And um, when I got sick, they they gave me, um, we spoke about this before, yes, they gave me a 25% chance of survival past five years. And I went through seven years. I went through two years first of the hardest chemo and radiation someone could go through. And then 25 surgeries following in the next seven years to get all the cancer out and put me back together. Wow. I think of it and I think back on it now and... It was very, very t- difficult. I'm not even going to, it, it's one of the most difficult things anyone will ever have to go through in their life, especially being that young and having a, and having a five-year-old child and being a single mom. And, you know, it just kind of puts a lot in perspective and it changes you. And I think it changed me for the better. 
Wow, that's incredible. And obviously you had to put your fishing on hold. I mean, literally everything, your whole life just was about survival, right? Yes, for a long time. That's all it centered around. But not so much. um, I had to put the fisheries career on hold and Mm -hmm. everything else. But through it all, I did still I was still able to fish sometimes. And I'm telling you, that's what kept me centered. It's what kept me calm on times when I was upset and stormy and losing hope. It was still something I had control over that gave me a lot of pleasure and just being out in the outdoors and understanding that you are a very small part of a bigger picture. And that life is very short and finite and that we better enjoy every moment that we're here. Now it's, it's motivated me more to learn as much about every different fishery that I can mm-hmm. and just keep growing as an angler and learning. And because there's so much, there's oh, so yeah. much in the angling world. I mean, when you're talking, it's a lot of people, you know, only center on one species or one method of fishing or one fishery. I want to learn them all. I want to be proficient in them all. I, I, it's always learning. I love to learn. And it's great that there's people that are willing to teach you. And that's a big thing in it. And I'm all about promoting women and kids and fisheries also, because I believe that's very important, especially nowadays when we have the I and the X generation of kids that are more intre- or more comfortable with their Xboxes and communicating with people over social media than in face-to-face. Yeah. We need to get back to our grassroots efforts and taking kids fishing and teaching them the values of fishing will be a lifelong thing that will stay with them. Oh, absolutely. And, and you had that great grounding as you talked about with your you know with your growing up and and having that base that foundation from the fishing you did yes. and and just just talk a little bit about how that helped you through this really tough challenging uh, part of your life well when you're young and you learn it and you stick with it and you you fall in love with it the way I did it teaches you It teaches you family bonding when you're with your family. It's something you can always do with them. It teaches you how to not give up. I mean, there's days I've been skunked. There's days I've had great (laughs) days. It, it, It also teaches you how to be determined. It teaches you how to, um, be fluid as an adjustment. Like when you're fishing, you know, you always got to adjust to what, you know, what the fish want. You're always changing things up. Well, life is a lot like that too. Um, it teaches you, and it also teaches you that you're, uh, you are a part of a greater picture of something. Um, and a lot of that helped me get through. Um, uh, I mean, that's, it teaches you strength. It teaches you not to give up determination. That's what it taught me. And it taught me to be very, um, conscious of the world I'm living with in and what I can do to make it a better place while I'm here. That's fantastic. I mean, I know so many people that fishing is their outlet and their escape, you know, to relieve the, uh, you know, the everyday stresses. But, you know, you were able to use fishing, I think, to a whole new level. As a lifeline. Yeah, as a lifeline. Definitely a lifeline. Yes. And, And I hope to promote as many lady anglers out there and children because it's so important because I, I seriously believe that 
the things that we talked about before, what the values and the things that it taught me gave me a part of my strength along with the strength of my family and my help to get through what I had to get through. Absolutely. Well, I know that you're going to be a great inspiration to a lot of uh, female anglers out there. And coming up, you are going to tell us an epic freshwater story, which is going to be an inspiration, I know, not just to the lady anglers, but all the rest of us, too. So everybody stay tuned. We'll be right back. Here's a tip for you about sunscreen. I noticed that many of my sun shirts that I used for fishing were getting nasty rust-colored stains on them around the hand and neck areas. Unfortunately, it would not wash out no matter what I tried, and we all know those pretty fishing shirts are not cheap. As it turns out, that staining is caused by an additive which is in many sunscreens, especially the spray-on kinds that I used to use often. Thankfully, there is a brand of sunscreen that is specially formulated without that additive, so now those pretty shirts stay picture perfect. Check out our gear page at www.tell.fish/gear. We have a link to this sunscreen for you there. Okay, we are back with Rachel Vickers, and we've uh, talked about the challenges and the struggles she's had and how she's overcome that in such a powerful way and how fishing was a really big part of that. So now we're going to talk about one of, if not the most epic fishing day you've had. So tell us what happened. Well, um, not this Labor Day, but the past Labor Day weekend, um, two years ago, I had had one crazy hectic of a summer. So it pretty much ate up all my summer to where I did not get to do very, very much of any fishing at all. Mm-hmm. And I had a friend from a pool league that I played with on and he kept telling me for months and months, you got to come up, you got to come up Laker fishing with us. We caught 30 today. We caught 40 today. They were all, you know, our, our, our biggest one was 17 pounds. And, you know, I, a lot of, a lot of, to be honest with you, a lot of guys come to me and a lot of guys tell me fish stories. And <laughs> to be honest with you, I thought he was embellishing on numbers to try to impress me. Mm-hmm. But um, that Labor Day weekend, um, I had some free time and he was going up and I said, sure, I'm going to go up. Uh, why not? You know, um, I had never caught a Laker before. Um, I had never been out on Lake Champlain. So I thought it would be a great new experience. Um, so we had go up there. I followed him up the three hours up and, um, his brother lived right on the lake and he had a 20 foot Bayliner trophy mm-hmm. with all the bells and whistles. And the drive from New York to up through Vermont is one of the most beautiful drives you will ever see in your life. Oh, I bet. Yeah, so when we arrived there and I met his brother, first of all, when I pulled in and I saw the boat, I I was pretty hopeful. I was like, well, it looks like, you know, it's looking pretty good. I may actually get a fish, you know. (laughs) And when I got in there and met his brother, I said, you know, nice to meet you. Beautiful drive. I'll be happy if I catch just one fish. Mm -hmm. And his brother looked at him and gave him a funny look. He looked at him and he's like, okay, we're going to get to bed. We got up early. Got out the next morning, and it, Labor Day this weekend was very warm. It was very calm, mm-hmm. and unlike Lake Champlain, it was like glass, and they said it's never like that 
It's never it's always at wow. least one foot waves. And it, it was just optimal, the best conditions you could ever think of. Beautiful weather, no wind. So I had no idea what to expect or how to do it. And my friend gave me um, a six or a five foot um, Shimano Travola fishing reel or fishing rod, mm-hmm. Travola, excuse me, um, with a Shimano Calcutta reel. It was obviously, it had um, pretty heavy test on it. Mm-hmm. I think we were going with 20 to 25 pound. And um, we were using, we were jigging. Okay. Actually, we were actually drift jigging. Oh. Yep. And we reached this one area that we, that they, the brothers had been fishing this lake for 10 years plus. You know, okay. they know what they're doing. They've had practice. They've been trained by the charter captains. And okay. they could very easily be charters themselves, but... It's always been something that's a special thing that's between the brothers, the father and people that they choose to take out. And I asked them of all people to ask, why would you ask me? And they said, because we know how much you would have appreciated this. And I did (laughs) because there's no more happy place than when I'm out on the water or out on the boat or fishing. That is just me. Well, anyway, to get on with the story, he had the fish finder and we started marking tons, tons. Um, I don't know if you know anything about lake trout or they're also called Mackinac or Lake Char. Um, okay. Savalina tsunami kush. Sorry to throw the scientific name out there a little bit for you. No problem. But um, they're schooling fish that stay they're they're school, schooling fish that stay right close towards the bottom okay so we were marking them in about 85 to 110 feet mm-hmm. and um my friend said are you ready and um i said i guess yeah and he hands me the pole and he goes okay he goes now you take it i had the jig wipe some trout smelly jelly on there <laughs> and uh dropped her down to about 100 feet uh, drift chicken. I dropped her down. I was doing mostly bottom drops and just mm-hmm. quick retrievals because mm-hmm. with lake trout, you want to when it's coming when it comes to jigging with lake trout, the presentation has to be just right. They're a lot smarter than you think. Mm, when you okay. drop it down and reel it up, if you're not keeping at a steady pace or you back reel, they'll go right back down and mm. they'll not look at you. So the, it, it. It's a very fast reel at a very fast pace. First drop down, first reel up. All of a sudden, I feel something that felt like a cinder block grab my line. (laughs) And sure enough, it was my first Laker. And I got him up and pulling him down from 100, you know, 85, 100 feet down. Oh, yeah. Um, It's quite a workout, especially when they're all in the range of 7 to 10 pounds, with the big ones being about 14, 15, 16 pounds. They all were in that median range. So the first one comes up and Bert says to me, the female boat catch record for the day is 21. You think you can beat it? And (laughs) then on being the competitive person that I am, it was on. Now, I didn't think that I could do it, but as it just happened to be right circumstances, right day, the all-time boat catch record was 123 fish in one day set by my two friends and their father. Wow. And um, so we started fishing. And three hours into fishing, we had 86 fish in the boat so far. So I, I started I started realizing that, yeah, it actually is a possibility that I am going to break this record. And I am not going to set this pole down until I do. So <laughs> I fished hard and fished hard. And I got all the way up to 
20 fish and 21 was the record. Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden this lull hit for about two hours where I, I didn't get a fish. And I'm Uh-oh. thinking to myself, oh no, I've come this far. I <laughs> and then be quicker than I could have said that or started feeling bad. I got slammed with the biggest fish of the day to set the female catch record and to set the, or to break the female catch record and to set the bar with um, a 12 pounder. Wow. Yep, and my friends a piece caught 99. They couldn't get that elusive 100 between the two of them. I believe it was 48, 49, 49, 49, but I had finished the day. We had a good another good pocket and it was just circumstances were right where we are pulling up doubles, triples. On the boat, we have uh, there's soup every every fisherman has their superstitions, right? Mhm. And on this boat there's, um, we pay the fish gods when we go out. We flip a penny in the water. We say Veni Vidi Vici, which means we came, we saw, we conquered. <laughs> and they have uh, another, um, I don't know if you want to call it superstition. It's more like um, tradition. Yeah. Uh-huh. That if you hook up doubles or singles, whoever has the smallest fish has to take a shot of moonshine. <laughs> and, and yep. So, I mean, it was just an amazing day. And when uh, they allowed me, they, they allowed me the honors of catching the record-breaking boat catch of the day, combined boat catch of the day of the 124th fish, which between three people and eight hours, 124 fish, I ended with 25. And it was just the most amazing, extreme fishing experience. My hands were all cut up and bloody. I was, every muscle in my body hurt because... If you think about the the weight ratio, I'm five foot one, 100 pounds, bringing up fish from 100 feet down that are, like I said, an average between six and 10 pounds. Mm-hmm. You add that up, you know, between 25 fish, that's a lot of weight lifting. That's a lot of weight lifting. And it, it's a great workout. But you know what? It was one of the craziest, happiest days of my life. I couldn't have been happier. It blew my mind since I went out never catching a lake trout to catching 25 in one day and helping set breaking the female catch record and then helping the boys being a girl a little girl <laughs> break the all-time boat catch record and getting a big uh, getting a big kicker on top of it that 12 yes. 13 pounder you have yep. wow man yep and and so now we made it a, a labor day tradition to go out every labor day and um like like fish you know they have movement patterns they go with the weather not every that labor day was just it was it was almost strange because they the conditions were so calm and perfect and once in a while you'll get a day like that where it's just everything lines up i don't know if the the stars align the weather's perfect it's just sometimes that crazy thing happens and that's when those crazy fish tails are happening go down that's exactly it. Yep. Yep. To me, with all the different fisheries that I've fished, because I've done Salmon River, I've done, you know, I've done um, St. Lawrence River, I've done the Adirondacks and trout stream fishing. I just recently taught myself how to fly fish. I fished the Hudson for stripers when the striped bass ran. But, you know, where I am in my life, where I am, where I am at, I am. I want to, through my writing and through the magazine, I want to promote women in angling. 
I want to promote kids mm-hmm. and and getting just not just nuclear families, but single parent families like myself, getting women to take their children fishing because that's important too. You know, when nowadays it's more and more like it's the nuclear family is not what it used to be. There are more single nope. parents, and it's very important because. Um, it means so much more to the child, even if they don't seem it at that moment to be doing it with them, it it stays with them all their life. And it, and in my case, and in my case, it, it helped me, it shaped me, it molded me, it gave me the never give up attitude and, and I couldn't be more happier or blessed. Actually blessed is the word I like to use. I am blessed that uh, you came on today and shared that story with us, both your own courageous uh, victory over cancer and that amazing lake trout fishing day. That definitely is, is one for the books. And man, that was awesome. It will never be paralleled. That is awesome. Well, I know that you are going to be a great inspiration, not only to lady anglers and uh, and youth, but anglers uh, such as myself as well. I'm uh, just honored to have you on today. Thank you so much for sharing your story with us. And I'm very honored and privileged that you asked me to be a guest. Thank you so much. There are so many amazing places to fish. It's doubtful any of us fishing junkies will ever be able to hit them all, but we can certainly do the next best thing. Experience them through the eyes of fellow avid anglers who share their most epic adventures with us. Sign up to be our guest on the show today at www.tell.fish slash guest. This has been the Telltale Fisherman Podcast. Thanks for sharing another great tale with us. Be sure to check out the show notes page for more info on today's show and the gear we talked about. Keep those lines tight and we'll catch you next time right here on the Telltale Fisherman Podcast.